Rockstar Energy is giving one lucky winner a trip to Las Vegas. To enter, text Vegas to 59570 for your chance to win an all-inclusive trip to Las Vegas from Rockstar Energy. Again, that's V-E-G-A-S to 59570. A confirmation text will be sent. Standard message and data rates apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 26 of the Self-Made CEO Podcast. I am your host, Adrian Finch, and today we are talking all about how to trick your brain into doing hard things, things you don't want to do, habits you want to develop but you just don't know how so we're going to talk about literally how to trick your brain into liking things that you don't like or into doing things that you think are hard i do this every single day and i'm going to teach you how in this episode so stay tuned My name is Adrian Finch and I believe wholeheartedly that anyone from any background can create the success and happiness that they want. With my proven productivity hacks, business tactics, and a little mindset coaching, this podcast will unlock your greatest potential and transform you into the CEO of your own life, business, happiness, and success. So what are you waiting for? This is the Self-Made CEO Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's me again, just solo old me, but I've just been having so many ideas lately and things that I want to share with you, breakthroughs, and I've been watching a lot of videos, listening to a lot of other people's podcasts. So I am here again. How's it going, everyone? Happy Wednesday. So this is crazy. I need to tell a quick story because this has nothing to do with the podcast, but I just have to tell you guys because it's insane. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably already saw. I almost had to evacuate uh, my house in Los Angeles because there was a wildfire extremely close to my house and I literally got an alert on my phone at 2 a.m. saying prepare to evacuate. It was one of those scary really loud alerts and I was like oh my god I never thought this would actually happen to me. There have been so many wildfires in California if you guys are have heard of that. I don't know if you're from California or from elsewhere but there have been so many wildfires recently and Um, A lot of them happen very close to where I live. However, they have never gotten this close. So this was kind of a scary moment and a kind of a wake-up call. I actually filmed a vlog during this whole process because I really didn't know what was going to happen. I ended up packing a bag. It's two in the morning. I packed a bag. I didn't even know whether the alert that says prepare to evacuate means like you need to evacuate or whether it just kind of means like be on standby, be ready to go and pack a bag because we'll tell you if you have to evacuate. But it was the weirdest thing, you guys, because in that moment when you realize, oh my gosh, if my entire house burned down, like what would I grab? It is, I mean, first of all, not a feeling I ever want anyone to experience, but it was just so weird because I thought to myself like, oh my gosh, what would I grab? I feel like everything to a certain degree is replaceable it would more just be anything sentimental my passport my wallet any like important documents or papers prescriptions you know eyeglasses or contacts and then also just anything expensive so what I ended up doing was basically throwing all my camera stuff my laptop my hard drives everything expensive into my backpack and then I just packed like a suitcase with a couple pieces of clothing some toiletries my contacts my medicines my passport wallet all that stuff But it was like I looked around my room and around my house and I was like, what would I, I mean, it would suck if everything burned down, but I was just thinking, what would I grab? So we didn't end up having to evacuate. It turned out we basically stayed up all night. It was crazy and we could see the flames from our house. It was gnarly. 
but we didn't end up having to evacuate. Thank goodness. I'm so thankful for that. But this whole experience just really threw off my week for a minute and also made me think and really made me aware of, hey, what would I do if I was in that situation? What would I grab? Anyway, this was a random story, but I just felt like saying that because it was crazy and I can't believe it happened to me. And you guys, I encourage you to think about stuff like that. If there was an emergency in your hometown, whether it was a tornado or a hurricane or an earthquake or a fire, start thinking about what you would grab and also maybe even pack like, you know, a bag that has some emergency supplies. I know I also need an earthquake kit so bad here in California and I don't have one and it's awful, but think about what you would bring. I highly encourage you. Anyway, that was completely unrelated. We're actually going to get right on into this episode right now. So this is episode 26. It's just me. And today we're going to talk about how I tricked my brain into doing hard things. So how I developed habits that I maybe didn't want to or that were hard for me and how I literally have tricked my own mind. Sounds crazy, right? Well, it's not. And I'm going to tell you how to do so right now. So the other day, I was kind of researching video ideas for my YouTube channel, which I'm starting to make a little bit more into businessy entrepreneurship, kind of tips and tricks in that regard, kind of like what we talk about here on the podcast, but in video form. And I came across this video um, by this guy who owns a channel called Better Ideas, and he made a video called How I Tricked My Brain Into Doing Hard Things. And I clicked on it and I watched it. And as I was watching this, I realized that most of the stuff that he was saying, I already do on a daily basis. Like it's completely what I do in order to get myself to pretty much do anything I don't want to do. So I found this really fascinating and he really summed it up well. Um, So I decided, you know, as per usual, I would come on here and talk to you guys about it because this is something that I already find myself doing and that I realized you know, most people maybe don't know that you can sort of hack your own brain. You can trick your own self into developing habits, like new habits or better habits or ridding yourself of bad habits. And we talked a little bit about this in my episode about the five second rule by Mel Robbins, that book, and how the five second rule is one of my favorite strategies for developing new habits. And if you guys didn't listen to that episode, a short summary is that the five second rule just means whenever you, you know, the thought comes across your head to take an action or say something or do something that you know is good for you. Like, I'm going to go up to that stranger at this party and say hello. But then your brain kicks in and says, no, wait, I'm scared. I don't want to. You shouldn't. There's risk involved, blah, blah, blah. The five second rule just means the second that thought comes in your head, I should do this. You just count backwards from five and on one, you just go and you do it. And this prevents yourself from even getting to that point where you can question you know, oh my God, why am I doing this? This is dumb. This is stupid. So that strategy gets you to take action and to act right away without letting your brain kick in and tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't act. So that is one of my favorite strategies for developing new habits. Um, And so this is kind of, this episode, we're going to get even deeper on that and really talk about what's going on in your brain and how can we trick our brains into not only developing new habits, you know, and the five second rule is one thing that we can do to help that, but, but also into, you know, actually loving doing them, like loving doing these things that are hard or these things that we don't want to do or that we don't think we want to do, but we know we should. So here's kind of the agenda for today's episode. First, we are going to talk about what creates resistance for us. Like we make things harder than they need to be or in our minds we say or we think that things are harder than they are and things we make things harder than they need to be and it's all because we are creating resistance so what 
what is that? Why are we doing that? And how can we stop creating resistance? And then we're going to talk about how to actually trick your brain. And in order to do that, we need to operate from an abundant mindset, which I'll completely explain. And we need to try a thing called habit batching. And I will explain what that means. And then finally, I'm going to answer a really insightful question that one of you guys, a listener, submitted to me on Instagram. And I thought it was such an incredible question. She was basically asking me, um, about manifestation and how I said in episode one that you know you're responsible for everything that happens to you in your life and you're responsible for where you're at and then in episode three I believe the shit just happens episode I kind of mentioned that life just happens and you can't control it sometimes and so she was asking me like how does this work does this mean that you can you know if you become a master manifester that you can actually stop anything bad from happening in your life so i thought this was such an insightful amazing question so i'm going to answer that at the end of this episode after we talk about how to trick your brain into doing hard things so let's just get started i really hope that you guys can take away some awesome tidbits from this episode and remember if you guys are finding certain episodes to be super helpful please send me a message on instagram or comment on a post it is so helpful to me to know what you guys are resonating with and responding to and like what's actually helping you because you know a lot of the things i talk about here are things that help me And so I want to share them with you, but I I really want to know everyone, you know, thinks and works differently. And I want to know what things are really helping you guys, because I want to be able to provide you with, you know, the best possible content and information so that you can improve your own lives and businesses and schoolwork and whatever it is. So let's just get started. So why do we create resistance to hard things? I'm going to give a lot of examples so you can really understand what I'm talking about. So let's say we have a goal that we want to achieve or a habit that we want to form. Again, I talked a lot about this in the five second rule episode, um, but we're going to dive in deeper. So we're going to use the example of this. And this is actually the example that was used in the video I watched and I found it to be extremely helpful. So I'm just going to take that example directly from the video and use it here. So let's say the thing that you want to do is you want to work out so you can get jacked. Now, (laughs) jacked is just you know, I would say the gym rat way of saying super strong and super yoked and like have big muscles and look good and feel good, right? We're just going to say jacked, even though me as a female, I probably wouldn't say I want to get jacked. I'd say like, I want to get strong or like, I want to be in shape. But for the sake of this example, we're going to say, I want to work out so I can get jacked. I need to work out more so I can get jacked. Okay. So why do we create resistance when you know, it's something that we view as hard. We think, oh, going to the gym, man, that's a pain. I don't like it. It's hard. So we create this resistance without even knowing. So there are two reasons why we do this. I'm going to explain right now. And understanding these reasons will really help you to kind of undo them, to untrain yourself to think this way. And it's a lot easier than it may sound. So just follow along. And I promise at the end, you'll be like, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. Okay. So Basically, at our core, we can operate out of one of two mindsets, a scarcity mindset or an abundant mindset. And I mentioned these briefly in last week's episode on vision boards, but a scarcity mindset, which basically I'll explain what these mean really quick. So a scarcity mindset in its simplest terms is the belief that there will never be enough, whether it's money, food, emotions, or something else entirely. And as a result, your actions and your thoughts stem from a place of lack. So everything you do and everything you think is coming from a place of 
you know, I don't have this. I'm lacking this. I, it's a scarcity mindset. So the opposite of that is an abundance mindset. Now, if you're con- – so, yeah, an abundance mindset would be, you know, the opposite. Like, I believe that I can have all the wealth in the world or I deserve all the wealth in the world or all the, you know, I, I have it all, I can have it all. And not in a greedy way, in a way that you just – you believe that there's enough to go around. There's enough money. There's enough success. There's enough anything to go around so you can have some too. So if you're constantly telling yourself, I need to go to the gym so I can get jacked (laughs) or whatever it is, which mindset do you guys think that statement is operating from? I need to go to the gym so I can get jacked. Which mindset? Scarcity or abundance? I'll let you think about that, but I'm sure that you can probably answer. It comes from a scarcity mindset. So the reason why that comes from a scarcity mindset is because saying I need this because I'm not jacked basically translates to I'm not jacked. I need this because I want to be jacked, aka I am not currently jacked. I'm not, I don't have muscles, I'm not strong. So you can say the same thing about, you know, wanting to lose weight, etc. Now shifting this mindset and this statement from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset is not about lying to yourself, okay? We don't have to stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself and say, man, I'm jacked if you're not, or man, I'm a skinny legend if you don't feel like one, right? It's not about lying to yourself, even though you guys know I am a huge fan of faking it till you make it. But for some people, that is not their favorite method. So instead of lying to yourself and instead of saying, I need to go to the gym to get jacked, which is focusing on the end goal of being jacked and something you currently lack, like I am not strong, I am not jacked. Instead of saying that, you could say something instead like, I want to go to the gym more because I'm an active person and it feels good to be healthy and sweat out toxins and say hi to my friends. And basically what this does is it not only shifts the motivation for going into like, oh, it's something that's good for me that I also enjoy, but it allows us to stay motivated a lot longer. Okay, so basically the first reason why we create resistance is because we operate out of a scarcity mindset. So we're thinking about it like I lack strength, so I need to go. I need to do this because I don't have it. And it turns into this negative thing. It turns into this thing that is scary and hard and it's never going to happen. And, you know, I need to do this and I'm not doing it. And you're beating yourself up for not doing it right. So that's the first reason. If we could just shift that into a more abundant mindset of, hey, you know what? I want to go to the gym more in general because I I want to be healthy. I want to be a more active person because I am an active person. I want to sweat out toxins. I want to feel good. So I want to go to the gym more because obviously you'll also lose the weight or get jacked or whatever it is. And I'll talk about later kind of how this works. But right now we're at the core just trying to shift our mindset because it's these little tiny mindset shifts that are ultimately going to lead to the most incredible progress. So why do we stay motivated longer if we shift from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset? So this, me, this leads me to reason number two of, you know, why we create resistance. So back to the statement, I need to go to the gym so I can get jacked. So we're going to talk about the end goal here. So losing weight or getting jacked is the end goal. And therefore, that's the motivator. So that's what gets us actually going to the gym, right? You know, oh, I want to lose weight. I'm so motivated to lose weight. So I'm going to go to the gym. Like, I want to lose weight. Really, that's what we think motivates us to go to the gym. And while, yes, you do need to want to do these habits, like, you need to want the end goal. Like, if you decide you want to wake up earlier, it's important to know why do you want to make 
Like, why do you want to wake up earlier? And you need to make it something of importance or else you're never going to do it. So that part is important. It's important to know the why, the end goal. But our problem is that we tend to focus too much on this end goal, too much. And we make that end goal be our only motivator rather than learning to enjoy the process, okay? Now, again, there's nothing wrong with having an end goal as a motivator. If you want to lose weight, like I said, and that's truly what gets you in the gym every single morning, then heck yes, you're killing it, do it. But what a lot of people find, I think that most people, you know, find that this happens instead is they fall into these negative feedback loops, So that means, let's say you might go hard at the gym for a week because you're so motivated, you're like, I'm going to lose the weight or I'm going to get strong. So you go hard every single day at the gym for a week. And then, you know, a combination of things happen. You don't see results right away. You, you know, maybe you had a crazy weekend and so you got tired, so you didn't go on Monday and then it, it turned into not going on Tuesday, turned into not going on Wednesday. And, you know, you don't feel as motivated to go because you weren't seeing the results and you've been more lazy. So then you fall off the bandwagon for two weeks. And then let's say you don't fit into your favorite pants and then you're reminded why you want to get your butt in the gym in the first place. So you go hard for another week and then the motivation dies again. So does this sound familiar at all? Because I know personally that I have experienced this so often. I want something so bad. I want to make a change so, so, so bad that I go super hard and then I either don't see results or, you know, I get burnt out or whatever it is and then I stop going. And then it's like I'm back at square one. It's this whole feedback loop. It's just this like vicious circle. And that's exactly what would happen to me when I used to go to the gym. Like I wanted to get in shape, but that wasn't a good enough motivator because I didn't actually enjoy the process. I didn't enjoy going to the gym. I was just looking for results. I was just like, okay, when am I going to lose weight? When am I going to get in better shape? And I didn't enjoy it. And so I didn't see results. And so therefore I would stop going. And then it was this vicious cycle. I'd beat myself up. I'd be so upset at myself. So it's a negative feedback loop. It forms a cycle and it happens over and over again. So I'm going to tell you obviously how to rid yourself of these negative feedback loops and other things that you can do to not only shift your mindset from scarcity to an abundance mindset, but you know also to stop these feedback loops and to actually trick yourself into enjoying the process of doing whatever it is. Problem here, like I mentioned, is that we tend to focus on the end game and not the process. So I'm going to give another example. The best way to be successful, in my opinion, is to love your work because then you're not just focused on this far out goal of success or building your business, you're actually enjoying each and every day, which keeps you showing up each and every day, right? Over time. And then over time, the progress will lead you to that goal. So if you're enjoying showing up every single day, and just doing what you need to do and enjoying the process, loving it, over time, that's all going to compound and like help you actually make massive progress towards that goal. If you're just doing something for the end goal, you're not loving that process and you're not being patient enough to wait for the results. I tell people this all the time when they ask me tips on starting a YouTube channel. A lot of people say, hey, I want to do YouTube. What are your tips? The number one thing I always say very first and foremost is I say, you got to love doing it. You got, you have to love making videos, sharing with an audience, because if you're just doing it to gain followers, to make more money, to be famous, whatever it is, you're not going to last. You're not going to. The second you realize it's actually work, it's hard work, it takes hours and time and commitment and passion, you're not going to do it. You won't do it just for that end goal. I promise you. So I tell them, you have to like doing this. 
So basically learning to love the process of something, you know, especially something like going to the gym where we really do need to exercise to be healthy and you maybe just don't like it, right? But if we can trick ourselves into enjoying the process, then that is what will allow us to actually see these insane results just showing up every day. That's all it takes. So I'm going to tell you kind of how to do that. So to sum that little section up, basically we want to view hard things from an abundant mindset, not a scarcity mindset. And we want to focus on enjoying the process and tricking ourselves into enjoying the process. I'll get into how to do that in just a minute. And why is it important to show up every day, even in the little minuscule ways? Why is that important? And the reason is compoundability. So we can also think of this as we sometimes desire immediate gratification, which I kind of just was already mentioning. We're focused on an end goal and we want it to happen right now. If we don't see results in a week, we're like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not seeing results and that's the only reason I'm doing this, right? But with goals and success and anything for that matter, you're going to succeed the most if you're patient, first of all, which is hard. I mean, sometimes I'm not a patient person. I will admit that right now. But also, you're going to succeed the most if you build something over time. And what you'll find is that all you need to do, guys, this is like revolutionary, honestly. People do not understand this. All you need to do is the simple things. You don't need to make it hard and complicated and crazy. You don't need to do the hardest, longest workout of your entire life every single day. You just need to show up. That's all you need to do. You need to do these simple things consistently and over a period of time. And it's actually a lot easier to be successful if you aren't trying to do these massive, colossal, unique things. For example, if you work out super freaking hard one day, like you go to the gym, you do heavy weights, you sweat it out, you work out for an hour and a half, you run on the treadmill, you ate healthy all day long. If that's the only day that you do that in a week, you're going to virtually see no difference. Like honestly, you could have done the hardest workout of your entire life and you're not going to just see results. You're just not. Like in the grand scheme of things, it's going to basically be as if you didn't even work out that day. (laughs) But if you show up every day, over a long period of time and you work out in a normal way, even if one day you only run for 15 minutes, but you showed up and you did the the minimum of what you needed to do, over time, that is going to be what gives you results. So as you can see, if we put two and two together, if you can learn to enjoy showing up and realize it's actually not as hard as it needs to be, you're actually making it a lot harder than it needs to be. You just show up and you do the little things, but you do them consistently you're going to see results and you're going to start enjoying that process. So this leads us to phase two of this episode. How do we trick our brains into doing things? How do we do that? It seems crazy, right? So we're going to get right on into that after a quick break. Be right back. Rockstar Energy is giving one lucky winner a trip to Las Vegas. To enter, text Vegas to 59570 for your chance to win an all-inclusive trip to Las Vegas from Rockstar Energy. Again, that's V-E-G-A-S to 59570. A confirmation text will be sent. Standard message and data rates apply. And we're back. Okay, so how do we trick our brains into doing things at all? Into doing things we don't want to do? Into doing hard things, right? Well, number one we start developing an abundant mindset, which I already discussed. And all you can do every single day is just take the measures to flip your dialogue, flip your thought. The second you find yourself saying, I need, I need, I need, you are operating out of a mindset, 
out of a, a scarcity lack mindset, a mindset that you are lacking things. So if you can flip that, just start with the little things. Notice when you start having those thoughts and flip them. Just flip them consciously, like out loud or in your head. Literally rewind and just say it again in a different way. So secondly, which I already mentioned a little bit, don't put so much pressure on yourself to take huge strides. Just show up every day in whatever way it is and for whatever goal. Just show up every single day and all of that will compound upon itself and turn into actual progress. And then it's a positive feedback loop. You see that progress, you get more motivated, you enjoy it even more. And don't basically don't let the intimidation of a big task or a big project stop you from making any progress at all. Show up every day in the little ways. And I'm going to tell you a quick example of how this has happened to me a lot. This whole intimidation thing where I end up not even starting something because I want to dive in too deep right away. And then I end up not diving in at all because it's too much. And I've had to learn how to be realistic with myself. For example, I purchased a six-week online course about starting a successful consulting business. I purchased it last year in June. So in 2018, in June, I purchased this course. And I was so motivated. I told myself in one week, I was going to, like, I was actually going to do it in six weeks. And I was just going to, you know, one week, I was going to spend Monday through Friday for eight hours a day taking this course. Okay, that's ridiculous, right? I thought to my head, oh, I can get it done even faster because I'm just going to do it all at once. Yes, I'm going to set aside all this time and do it. Well, that turned out to be an idiotic idea because I didn't do it. I didn't have time to do it. I was too burnt out to do it. Eight hours a day, that was too much. If I had just stuck to the normal course schedule and just done, you know, one to two hours every single day for six weeks, it would have been done in six weeks. But instead, I was like, no, I need to get this done faster. I need to get it done now, which actually ended up translating into me not doing it at all because it was too much. It was too intimidating. I didn't even know where to start. And here we are a year and a half later, and I am still on week two of the course out of six, okay? (laughs) It's embarrassing. But that's a perfect example of me having made something way too complicated instead of just doing a little bit at a time. Even this year, I decided, okay, no, you know what? I'm going to do an hour a day starting in January. And I just didn't do it. And it's like, why didn't I do it? I purchased this course. I want to take it. But it's because I was so focused on the end goal of like creating that business, having that success. I just wanted to be done with it so bad that it made me not want to get the course out every day and take it because I'm like, oh, I just want to be at the end. So instead, I need to start learning to enjoy the course because by the way, once I actually open the course and I'm taking it, I love it. I literally do love it. It's just I never open it. I'm always like, oh, I'm busy doing other things. Uh, I have work. So that's something that I need to improve is like, I have literally put this off. It is now the end of October and I told myself I was going to be done with this by mid-February and then June and then August. Like this year has flown by and I have not done a single hour. So anyway, side note, but like that's a perfect example of if I actually just show up every single day, do it for an hour and enjoy the hour, I will get done with it so much quicker than making it into this huge intimidating thing. So now what do you do if you still don't like the process, right? Like for me, for example, I actually do like the process, but I can't get myself to actually sit down and be like, okay, let me take it out. Again, once I'm listening to the course, I love it. It's so helpful. It's so inspiring. It's so motivating. But getting myself to actually do it is very, very, very hard. So what do you do if you're in that same situation? It's hard to actually start doing the thing, right? 
So this leads to number three, which is habit batching. Habit batching is something that you can do. This will actually train yourself to enjoy the thing that you are doing, to enjoy actually getting out the course or actually getting in the car and driving to the gym, right? So I actually already do habit batching with waking up in the morning and I didn't even know that I did it until I like heard what the definition is. So habit batching means taking a hard habit or one that you want to form but have had trouble sticking to. So for me, it would be like opening my consulting course online, like actually taking the course and you pair it with a habit you already have and one that you associate with good things, with positivity, with happiness, motivation, whatever it is. So I'll give you an example. I personally do this in a couple of ways. This is so silly, but I love breakfast. Like, I don't know why, but I am just obsessed with breakfast food, gluten-free pancakes, waffles, coffee. Like, I love eating breakfast so much. And this is like a recent development just this year. I don't know why, but like, I literally look forward to breakfast so much. So in the past, I was so not a morning person. Like I hate waking up in the morning. It's so hard to get out of bed. I'm so comfy and tired. And morning breakfast, like thinking about eating my pancakes and waffles and drinking my coffee and like just eating amazing food in the morning literally makes me want to get up. Like at night, sometimes I go to bed and I'm like, ooh, I'm so excited for breakfast. So it's so weird because like that's just so odd that literally thinking about making breakfast gets me out of bed in the morning because I already love breakfast. So if I start associating breakfast with getting up in the morning, because what happened, I think, is when I was younger, I used to not be hungry right when I woke up. And as I got older, I started being hungry. So I started associating breakfast with waking up because I would wake up and I would be hungry. So instead of staying in bed, I'd be like, oh, but I want breakfast so bad. Another example would be the gym that I go to. So Working out was something that was so difficult for me. Just like these examples, I just like never wanted to go. I didn't enjoy the process. I hated working out. I didn't even know how to work out properly. I felt like it was such a time commitment and I just wanted results right away. So then about six months ago, I finally found this gym that I'm obsessed with because the classes are short. They're to the point. They're hard, but they're not like, oh my God, I don't want to die. And even if I do feel like I want to die, it's only like 35 minutes. So it's short. And what I learned there, what I realized is like, even though when I first started going, I had the motivation, I actually met a bunch of friends at the gym. Like I met people who would take classes with me and we actually all became really good friends and we created this community. And now even on days when I'm like really not motivated to go, because we all know like mostly I'm like motivated now to go, but there are still days where I'm just like, oh, I do not want to go. I'm tired or whatever it is. But having that community and those friends now like make me want to go like they'll text me and I'll text them be like hey are we going to class and even if they don't want to go either we all go and we hold each other accountable and I know that I get to see them and it's literally fun seeing them so what ended up started happening what ended up starting to happen I can speak is that I would show up even on those days that I really didn't want to go and seeing them and being with them like legitimately was fun. So it turned the whole gym experience into a positive fun one, which then created a positive feedback loop and made me then continue to want to go more and more and more. And then going every day and showing up every day, even on days when I like maybe didn't get the best workout in, like I slacked a little bit, that's still contributing to this overall progress because I still showed up. Like I could have not shown up, but I did. And going every single day and seeing those trends and building that that progress is because of just consistency and it's because that I started associating going to the gym with hanging out with people that I really like being around and seeing them and catching up. 
So I started associating it with that, which turned it into something that I really enjoy and turned it into a positive thing. So if you can kind of take a hard habit and pair it with, you know, a habit that you like, for example, another example that they gave in the video would be like, say you don't love reading, but you know that you need to read more or you want to read more because you want to gain more knowledge. You want to quiet your mind. But let's say you just can't get yourself to do it. But let's say you love, love, love drinking coffee. So what I would suggest that you do is you start, you know, putting a book next to the coffee machine or whatever it is. And every time you make a cup of coffee, just grab your book and open it and start reading without even thinking. Over time, the fact that you enjoy your coffee so much and you're reading with your coffee in hand, drinking your coffee, your brain is going to start being tricked into believing that you love reading. And then you actually will love reading and pretty soon you'll find yourself opening up your book without even having a cup of coffee. And this is an example, a demonstration of what in psychology they call cognitive behavior, cognitive, oh my gosh, you guys, cognitive behavioral therapy. So basically it's like you recognize that you have negative thoughts about something like going to the gym or reading a book and therefore you start doing something you like such as listening to your favorite podcast in the car on the way there that makes you feel good on your way to the gym and keeps you feeling good in the gym which then causes a positive feedback loop because when you think positively you feel and act in positive ways and when you feel positive you think and act in positive ways. So That was all a bunch of kind of jargon, but it's all to just say that if you start doing something you love while doing the thing that is hard to do, you will actually find that your brain starts to be tricked into really enjoying the thing that you do because you're associating it with something good and something positive. And then you'll probably find that you actually like the thing. Because again, a lot of times it's just about starting. Like the actual thing is not hard or gruesome or annoying, but getting yourself to do it because you're thinking about like, oh, but I'm not going to see results or like, oh, but reading five pages of a book isn't going to really make me that much smarter. But again, it's the little things over time. If you read five pages every day, then in a month you've already read a ton of pages, right? So that's better than not doing anything at all. Okay. So the takeaway from all of that, I know that was kind of a big old jumbled mess, but the point is that you can trick your brain into doing things that are hard in a couple of ways. So the takeaway for this episode, I would invite you and challenge you to pick a goal that you have or, you know, something that you want to achieve, something that you want to do or a habit that you want to start forming, something that you think maybe is hard or you can't get yourself to be motivated enough to do it and let's trick our brains into doing it. So start by identifying that goal and then use the strategies that I talked about to begin actually enjoying the process of doing it. So first of all, start shifting your thoughts from, you know, the scarcity mindset of, oh, I need this. I need these results to the abundant mindset. I want to go because it feels good and I know that I'm going to be happier, more active and see my friends and whatever it is. And then also start habit batching. So start kind of you know, pairing this new habit, this new goal with something you already do that you love. And it can be so simple. And lastly, just show up. Show up for the little things. Don't overcomplicate things. Don't don't make it harder than it needs to be. Just show up and do the little, little things because it's the little things over time that are going to make the biggest difference. I promise you. And sometimes it's hard to see that right away because, you know, we are results-oriented species we want immediate gratification we want to see progress that's why a lot of this mindset stuff is also hard to kind of wrap our heads around sometimes because we want to see proof we want to like know that it's working we want to see this and 
you know, it's kind of like taking vitamins. I always take them and then I'm like, is this even doing anything for me? Because I can't see that it's doing something for me. And it's hard, but we also just need to sometimes trust the process and just do the little things. So that concludes the episode. And now I'm going to shift right on over to my listener question for the week. I want to say thank you so much for submitting this question. This is an awesome one. I can't wait to answer it for you guys. So this question comes from, I cannot probably pronounce this correctly, but Laura, Laura O. Sale. Okay. I hope Laura, maybe it's Laura, Laura. I don't know, but I love you. Thank you so much for submitting. So this is her question. She says, hi, Adrian. So I have this question. In your first episode, you mentioned that you need to take responsibility for everything happening to you in life because you subconsciously attracted it. And in another episode, you said that you just need to accept the fact that shit happens. My question is, when shit happens slash life happens, do you think we attracted it to happen without knowing? And if you master manifesting, can you ultimately live life without that shit anymore or not? So again, basically she's asking like, part of what I say is that life just happens. Life throws you curveballs. Things happen that you can't control. You can't always be on top of literally every bad thing. But then I also say that you are absolutely responsible for where you're at in life, for the way that you are, the way that you think, do, act, everything. And I want to clarify what I mean by these two things because, and first of all, I'm so glad she asked this question because, you know, in a way that could actually sound contradictory. And I'm going to explain kind of what I meant by the two things and, you know, what the answer to that question is. So, When I said you are responsible for everything that's happened to you and everything you can be, think, do, or believe you can be or think or do, this is really a big picture statement. This is something that if everyone can accept, they will be led to serious, you know, changes in their life and and success and a better mindset. So it's a big picture statement and what it's actually mostly focusing on is the fact that humans tend to blame external factors for everything rather than taking responsibility. So, you know, when things do happen to you or if you're not successful or if you don't get that job promotion, we tend to blame outside things like, oh, well, I'm not successful because I don't have connections or I don't have money or people never help me or listen to me or I don't have time to do this because traffic is too bad or I'm sick. Those are all blaming other things, external factors instead of yourself. And I'm not talking about blaming yourself in a, you know, in a self-pity, like negative, hurtful way. I just talk about owning up to, you know, how you're going to assign meaning to things that happen to you. So are you going to sit there and like blame everyone else and blame the weather and blame everything? Or are you going to sit there and sometimes decide, you know what, it's okay, shit just happens. I can't control that, but it's fine. I'm not going to let it dictate or say anything about myself or my ability to succeed, you know, or are you going to sit there and be like, no, it's everyone else's fault. Woe is me. Because the point with kind of accepting that you're responsible is just that you can be so at peace when things happen that don't go your way, you can know, hey, there's a reason this happened. This is for my own benefit. I'm going to take responsibility for this and I'm going to learn and grow from this and I'm going to use this to my advantage rather than constantly blaming external factors and feeling helpless like you can't do anything. So that's kind of what I meant by that part of it. And then when I talk about shit just happens, life just happens. I say, you know, if if like if it feels like sometimes life is just out to get you, it's because it is. Now, 
Again, so I'm not saying that every single thing that happens to you is your fault. If a loved one falls ill or something, you know, terrible, that's not your fault. Taking responsibility doesn't necessarily mean it's because of you. It's your fault. But I mean, you have to take responsibility in the sense that, again, there is some reason, some lesson you needed, and it actually manifested itself into your life in the way of this event. Even if that event is shitty and terrible, it manifested itself into your life, not because you necessarily manifested it to be there in a negative way, like you manifested negativity, but almost in a positive way where you manifested it into your life because at that point in time, you needed a lesson or you needed to grow or you needed to experience something that will shape you and that maybe will lead you to that next amazing thing. You know, you might get rejected from a job and you might feel so terrible, like everything shit just happens to me. But if you have the mindset of like, no, you know what? There's a reason that I got rejected from that job. I bet the next offer I I get is going to be the life-changing one. Like I'll be so glad that I got rejected from that last job. So sometimes these things that feel like shitty things happening to you do manifest themselves into your life, you know, and you might manifest them into your life but remember you just have to trust the system there's a reason for that if if you manifested you know being rejected from a job it's up to you to decide okay it's not because I'm not qualified it's not because I did bad in my interview it's not because this that and the other you have to sit there and just take responsibility and say okay I didn't get this job there are a million reasons why I possibly didn't get this job all I can do is not let it say anything about me and just keep moving forward because there's a reason why I'm not supposed to do that job right and sometimes this is a tougher one to wrap your head around because the the whole like everything happens for a reason thing, I truly believe that, but I, I know a lot of people maybe don't. But whether you believe that statement or not, it it is a statement that helps me just understand this concept. Like if we just believe that everything happens for a reason, then we stop blaming external factors for things and we start seeing the lessons and the growth in every bad thing. You know, if we start just thinking positively about them, again, like, oh, this guy cheated on me or oh, I had a breakup, like that is for a reason that's shaping you to be able to see okay this is what I do want in a potential life partner like you know without the bad things in life without having a single failure ever would we be able to succeed and I honestly think the answer is no I think that first of all we need to not view them as failures we need to view them as feedback and growth and experience if everything just went our way all the time we wouldn't grow we wouldn't progress so we need to just like take responsibility for the fact that that is a part of life And all of our growth and knowledge builds off of past experiences. So the emphasis here is that you are responsible and you're in control of not always the actual thing that happened, but the meaning you assign to it, the meaning that that thing happening in your life has. So I give the relationship example. Again, I just kind of said this, but like you can have three terrible relationships in a row and you can either choose to think, man, I must be awful. Like something's wrong with me. All these relationships have gone wrong. I got hurt. Like, woe is me. It's everyone else's fault. Or you can choose to think, okay, each of these relationships, you know, weren't supposed to happen. I dodged a bullet. They've helped me clarify and define what a healthy, loving, and rewarding relationship looks like and therefore has given me higher standards when it comes to choosing a life partner because I deserve the best and those people were not it. Those people helped me see that I should not settle for this in the future. So it's just like two ways of thinking, right? So I hope that that answers the question. When you master manifesting, Again, it doesn't mean that nothing will ever go wrong. That's just not life. Things will go, you know, not according to plan. 
that's actually one of my favorite books ever is the five things we cannot change. And one of them is things do not always go according to plan. And that's just a fact of life, right? But even a master of manifestation will still have off days or bad things that happen. And the difference is that the master of manifestation will take those bad things and take responsibility for the lesson that it's teaching them. And they'll take responsibility for that growth and for viewing it in a positive, you know, way and to not let it mean anything negative about them. So I hope that that answers the question. Again, that was kind of a long, rambly, complicated way of answering it. But I hope that that helped because I I really loved that question. I thought it was so good. And a lot of this is, you know, kind of tough to wrap your head around at first. But I hope that that helped. And that concludes this episode. You guys, if you have any other questions, please always feel free to DM me or call the phone number in the description of this episode. Leave me a voicemail with a question. I think it was having problems last week and some people said it wasn't working. So if you guys are able to do that, go ahead and do that. If for some reason it doesn't work, leave me a DM on Instagram at the self-made CEO. Go give that a follow. And I would love to chat with you guys in the DMs. I love, love, love hearing your guys' manifesting stories and things that worked for you, things that didn't work for you. So let's chat in the DMs of my Instagram account. Remember to subscribe to this podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and review. It is so helpful for me. I am so thankful that you guys were here this week. Thank you so much for coming along and listening to this episode. I love you all and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. What's with Mountain Dew? Mountain Dew is like a zipline of incredible flavor directly into your brain. Mountain Dew is like getting punched in the mouth with pure neon refreshment that creates a neural explosion sending flavor shards of electric brain pulses into your very core of being. Okay, maybe that's a little over the top, but you get the idea. The fact is, the mind-bending challenge of describing the taste of Mountain Dew is way harder than just experiencing it. That, of course, is easy. Just grab a nice cold dew, crack it open, and toss them back. Mountain Dew. Do the Dew.